0: If you're a mom who's locked yourself in the bathroom for five minutes of peace, this is your podcast. I'm Jody Schilling, your host. Welcome to the Good Mom Podcast. Here, we will talk about how to stop people pleasing, how to stop doing too much for everyone else, and we'll define what a real good mom really is. I can tell you, as a mom of four, I have been through it all and I beat myself up for years, believing I was not enough. I finally cracked the code on how to be my real self. I learned how to stop apologizing, and it changed everything. You can start now to be the real you, the mom you were always meant to be. Let's do it. Hi, this is episode 23. This is the last in the three-part series of the... Five truths. I did the first five, the second five, and this is the third five for 15 truths. And this one is just going to be my totally unedited. These are the five things that as a mom I have always believed in and haven't talked about very much. So here goes. All right. The first one is this idea that. People give unsolicited advice all the time to moms, especially moms who have kids who are really struggling. And I am just going to say that I know that moms who do this, and sometimes it's not moms who give the unsolicited advice. It can be the person on the airplane who's not even a mom, or it can be any number of people in This usually happens in public, but sometimes not. Sometimes it happens in a, you know, at school or in a family reunion. There's many opportunities for people to tell you what you're doing wrong as a mom. And sometimes they'll tell you in ways that are subtle with a dirty look, (laughs) the side eye, (laughs) Um, or sometimes they will tell you directly. You just need to have firmer limits. That child knows how to push your buttons. There's lots of them. I could give you more examples. And here's what I know. People who are giving this advice really, really, truly think that they are helping. They want to help. I really believe that. I really believe that they have a different experience or they've read information, or they're just sharing information that's what we would call common knowledge, that kind of um, just the way that we've always done things. And I don't have any, I might have sounded a little bitter (laughs) when I first said this, but I don't have bitterness for them really, truly. I do think that, people who have not been through really challenging parenting situations don't have the, I guess, the credibility. And That sounds terrible, but what I'm really trying to say is just don't take advice from people who aren't living your life, period. How's that? <laughs> because uh, we all know that unless you if you have a child that struggles quite a bit unless you live it on a daily basis you really don't you just don't have a place you just don't understand what the typical responses will not work right any mom who has kids with ADHD or bipolar or autism or any any number of things that are neurodiverse knows that the typical responses just make the behaviors worse usually, or they're just ineffective altogether. So I think the best approach is to just say thank you and let people know that, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Um, Yeah, if they're not living the life, then they're not giving the advice. Okay, let's go to number two. With number two, what I am thinking here is this is regarding relationships, and I'm trying to think how I can keep these short and sweet. I think that each of them could be their own podcast episode, but as far as relationships go, I think the main thing we need to know as a mom when we have multiple kind of um, interests in the fact that we want everyone to get along in our family, that's just natural for us to do that. But I think it's important to remember that relationships are based on what one person thinks about another person. That's what determines the quality of our relationships. So a relationship with husband and wife, for example, That relationship's quality, according to the wife, the way that she thinks about her husband, will determine her relationship with her husband. So when she thinks about my marriage, it's based on her thoughts. Now, her husband has thoughts about her and the relationship. And so the quality from his viewpoint is based on his thoughts and So this is why we hear all the time that it takes two for a relationship to break down, right? Or it takes two to make a relationship strong. And I think that it's important to remember that you you have a lot of influence just as one person in the relationship. And I mean influence in a good way and influence in a not so good way. So remembering that our thoughts are what create our experience of any relationship is super important. The other thing that's super important is that it is not our job. And I think that this is probably maybe the third or fourth time that I've shared on this podcast, but it is not our job to try to influence the quality of relationships between other people in our family. We can only take care of our part of any of our relationships with each member in our family. So I can influence the relationship between me and my daughter by thinking about the thoughts I'm having about her and how I want to feel and how I want to show up in that relationship. But I do not have a part, and it is not my job, to be concerned with my daughter's relationship with my husband or my daughter's relationship with her siblings, or anybody else's relationships with each other. That's such a huge thing. That may be a repeat, but I think it's worth repeating. Okay, number three, this one's another bit of a rant, but it's regarding behavior. So with behaviors, remembering that behavior is communication, but I'd like to take it a step further also and say that kids are little human beings and they are not animals okay so what i mean by this is there's a lot of behavior management and this has this has been going on for so many decades and generations but there's this concept around behavior modification where there's this tendency to make kids feel badly when they have a negative behavior and as if making them feel bad is going to improve their behavior. And it's such a ridiculous idea, but it in the short term for kids who are more neurotypical, it can be effective for a very, like I said, a very short term and if kids are not neurodiverse. And so in that way, you can, you know, just give feedback to a child when they are young that that behavior is not okay and you can do it in a negative way by by saying that's, you know, with a sharp tone of your voice and, you know, saying that's not okay or don't do that again. And there will be a, kind of an immediate reaction and the child can learn in that moment, okay, that's not something I should do again. That didn't feel good. I don't want to make my parents mad, and so they can learn in the short term. But what I would like to say is that, and I think that's totally fine. I think it's fine when that's just you know part of human nature, and and it's not. Um, it's there's an even exchange between positive and negative communication that we're going to get. Just as part of being a human. So that I'm not saying that we should never have negative interactions or communications. That's not even reasonable, right? Because we will, we will naturally have negative and positive interactions. But what I would like to offer is that I think that there are important lessons we can teach kids as they're developing their emotional um, understanding of their emotions, I guess is how I could say it. And so lessons in, in helping them name how they're feeling lessons in validating different emotions and even showing them how we process emotion and how, for example, that it's okay to cry when we're sad and to name that we're sad and to say why we feel sad and but that there's a cycle to that 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 recognizing that we feel sad and then crying and then soothing ourselves to feel better and then there's an end point to when we you know we have strategies for moving out of the sadness and moving into a more stable emotion and then where we can Get back to what we would call baseline, and showing kids that there is a cycle to that, and that that's a normal progression, is a very important part of. I think when I when I think about behavior, I think emotional processing is so closely linked to that. So I think that's an important one, and also the idea that we can teach kids cause and effect without having to like do these negative kind of consequences or you know a lot of times negative consequences are just a nice way to say punishment and i just have never felt like shaming and punishing is a useful way to change behavior so that's what i have to say about behaviors and as i said we can probably have a whole episode on each of these each of these key points but We'll stop there for behaviors. And the next one I have to share, this one is just about sex. And I think that that is an important part of being a mom and being married and having a family. And it isn't it isn't one that I was even thinking about when I thought of these 15, and then I thought, I can't leave that out. That is totally important. So I would like to say That I think a truth about thinking of as a mom, when we are constantly at our capacity emotionally and cognitively and physically, I think that sex is one of the things that goes to the bottom of our priority list. And I don't think it should. I think that if you are not paying attention to your sex life, then you need to, definitely. I think that that was probably one of the reasons that I stayed married for 31 years. I'm not even kidding you. I think that going through really difficult things, of course, you're going to have fluctuation in your capacity and honestly, your interest, because there is a point of being beyond exhausted, but making that a priority, just like you make priority for other things in your life, that are good for you, that are healthy for you. I, I think it's so important. So that is truth number. I think we're, what are we on four for this one? Okay. So I would pay attention to that. That's, that is important. It's important for intimacy in your relationship, but it's just also important for just experiencing pleasure and having that, you know, that we were designed for that. And That's an important thing. That's also an important thing as a woman to say what you want and to really step into that, into your own sexuality and your own sensuality is super important. Okay. Last one is regarding money. And this is another one we have not talked about on this podcast, but as I was sitting here making my list, I was like, you know what? That is another topic that I think as a mom, we have a lot of influence in teaching our kids. And of course this comes up in our relationship also with our long-term goals and our relationship with our husband and so many aspects of running a household revolve around money also. And so what I have to say about that is I think it's important to think about that cycle of money being one where there's, it, there's a flow to it, right? So there's money coming in, there's money going out, you have your needs and you have your wants and you have your um, investments and I think that when I think about money as it relates to a family and, you know, what, how you make decisions with that. I really think an important part of it is, is recognizing that there's going to be time periods where it's a time period for saving and there's going to be a time period for spending and there's going to be a time period where it is totally worth it as a family to completely drain the savings to go to Disneyland And then there's other times where it's really important as a family to get some stability and it is not the time at all to be frivolous with, you know, whatever expenses there are. And I think that that fluctuation and having open conversations with that so that kids understand too that when you set goals for that, it doesn't have to be something that's like, um, really, uh, you know stressful situation where where everybody's like oh we just always are living in scarcity like there just isn't enough for that because I think that you know there are times and I I know that a lot of families if you're like my family too there were times where there was a scarcity situation happening for sure and then there were other times where it was different than that my kids will talk about like The years when (laughs) they love to joke about when they, the first time that we didn't get the, what was it? The value meal at McDonald's or something. They were like, we felt so rich when we could get the, whatever, the big size meals or something. And, and then, you know, also like the times where they remember where the Christmases were, where we got five presents for Christmas you know including the stocking art and then the the year that they were like um yeah that was you know that was a really special christmas when we didn't even get very much in terms of presents but they remember that it wasn't about that right they remember the years when we didn't have a lot and those were just as special if not more special and so i think having those conversations and knowing that there's different time frames within your family life where that can fluctuate and that that's okay. So that is what I have for you for the five truths (laughs) I'm calling them. These are the last five of the 15. I hope you found them to be useful and helpful. And as always, I would love it if you have enjoyed this podcast And you find some value and a different way of thinking about something that you can apply in your life as a mom or with your family. And if you could share that and let other moms know, that would be fantastic. If you could also rate and review this podcast, I would appreciate that. And I will be back next week. If you have a request for a topic, please reach out to me. I can be found on Instagram at Good Mom Coach also on Facebook and I love taking requests for podcast topics. See you next week. Thank you. If you like this podcast please rate and review so we can spread the word to other moms who are going through the same thing. You can also find me over on Instagram You'll find links to my website there, information about my coaching program, and free resources. Thank you again for joining me. Have a great week and please rate and review.